the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you've found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants to God and help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us tonight. I want to tell you, we're going to talk about John chapter 21, but before I tell you John chapter 21, you've kind of got to know the backstory. You've got to know the history of Peter in the New Testament. John 21 really doesn't mean much to you if you don't know the story of Peter. It begins in Matthew chapter 4. Peter was one of the first disciples that Jesus called. Going all the way back to the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake for these guys were fishermen. That's what they did for a living. They'd probably been fishing their whole life. They probably grew up on that lake. And Jesus turns to them in verse 19 and says, come follow me, Jesus said. He said, hey, fellas, leave those nets, leave those boats, leave that occupation, what you've known your whole life, and come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And the Bible says in verse 20, at once they left their nets and they followed after Jesus. Peter was one of the first disciples that Jesus called. And so then the next three years, I mean for the next three years of his life, Peter spent every waking moment with Jesus. Three years of his life following Jesus. Three years he was in the inner circle with Jesus. They were like this. He was a part of the posse. He was part of the gang, part of the chosen, one of the 12. He saw all the miracles. He heard all the parables. He participated in all the traveling. He listened to all of the teachings. You go through those three years, you go all the way through the book of Matthew. You get to the very end of Matthew. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 26. This is right before Jesus goes to the cross. Peter has spent three years with Jesus. And now they're in this room called the upper room. And they're having supper. Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be what? Scattered. He says, after I have risen, and Peter never even heard verse 32. Jesus said, after I've been risen, I'll meet you in Galilee. But Peter never heard those words. All Peter heard was up there in verse 31, where he said, all of you will fall away. That's all Peter heard, because when you come down to verse 33, 
Peter said, Lord, even if everyone falls away on account of you, I never will. He looks Jesus right in the face and he makes a vow. He makes a promise. He commits that he will never, ever fall away. And Jesus said there in verse 34, look at it. I tell you the truth, this very night before the rooster crow. What does that mean before the rooster crows? Well, when does the rooster crow? Well, the rooster crows when the sun comes up. And so what he's saying is, Peter, this very, before the sun comes up in the morning, you will disown me not once, not twice, but three times. And Peter, when he hears that, and you have to remember this verse or you won't get anything out of John chapter 21. But Peter said these words, even if I have to die with you i will never disown you and all the other disciples said the same turn over to luke chapter 22 luke chapter 22 they led jesus away and they took him into the house of the high priest he's going to go on trial peter followed at a distance but when they had kindled a fire and if you see this little table up here there was a courtyard jesus was inside the high priest and they they started up this little fire they had a little fire pit there and he's kind of like you know it's right there the Bible says, uh, when they had kindled a fire, everybody say kindled a fire, because that's going to come back in John chapter 21. When they kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard, they sat down together. Peter sat down with them. Verse 56, a servant girl saw him seated there. She looked closely at him. She said, this man, this man was with him, but he denied it. He said, woman, I don't know him, he said. Verse 58, a little later, someone else saw him. Hey, hey, you're one of them. Man, I'm not, Peter replied. Verse 59. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, verse 60, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Look at verse 61. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered the word that the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today. You will disown me three times. And verse 62 says that he went outside and he wept bitterly. Peter swore that he would never forsake God. And the Lord said this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And sure enough, not once, not twice, but three times, he denies the Lord. And the rooster crows. Jesus is arrested. He's put on trial. He's crucified. He's buried. He's placed in an empty tomb. And as far as Peter is concerned, he, Peter, he blew it. He broke his promise to Jesus And as far as he knows, he will never, ever see Jesus again. Now turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. I love the last few words of verse 1 where John says it happened this way. Verse 2, Simon Peter. Everybody say Peter. That's the first guy. Thomas called Didymus, that's not P. Diddy, that's T. Diddy. That's what they called him, that's what they called him, T. Diddy. Simon Peter, T. Diddy. Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee. The sons 
there were two of them, so that'd make five, the sons of Zebedee. And then the Bible says there were two other disciples. So there were seven of them all together. And they're there by the sea. And Peter says in verse 3, I'm going out to fish. And they said, Peter, we'll go with you. So they went out, they went out, and the Bible says, now this is important, all seven of them got into one boat, and they went out, and they went fishing all night long, and the Bible tells us exactly how many fish they caught. The Bible says they caught nothing. And then the Bible says this in verse 4, early in the morning, they'd been fishing all night long, Jesus stood on the shore, the disciples did not realize that it was him, he called out to them, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they answered He said in verse 6, why don't you throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, the Bible says they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And that is why you should always want to go fishing with Jesus. Look at verse 7. Disciples whom Jesus loved, that would be John. He turns to Peter. He says, Peter, you know who that is over there on that shore? Peter said, who? He said, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water and he traveled about a hundred yards and looked down at verse nine. When they landed, they saw a fire burning with coals. And the phrase that is used for this fire in John chapter 21 is the exact same phrase that's used back in that passage where Peter was sitting at a fire when he denied the Lord three times. It's the same word. But this is in John chapter 21. This is after the resurrection. And and the Lord is there on the side of the sea. And the Bible says that there's a fire with burning coals and there's some fish on it and there's some bread, and Jesus is cooking breakfast, and Jesus in verse 10 says, bring some of the fish you have that you've caught, and verse 11 says that Simon Peter, he was so excited that he climbed overboard, and he dragged the net ashore all by himself. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not even torn, and Jesus, here it is in verse 12, he says, hey, fellas, come and have breakfast, but that's not the story. The story is what happens next. In the next three verses, when they had finished eating, Jesus turns to Simon Peter, Simon son of John, do you truly love me more than everything else? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Verse 16, again, he just said these words. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Yes, he answered, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Simon, take care of my sheep. And verse 17, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had to ask him the third time, do you love me? But he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I'm not sure that Peter, that he even knew what Jesus was doing here, but I think it's pretty obvious to us. Number one, write this down. This was a counterbalance to the three times that Peter had denied the Lord. You can't help but see the fire. Peter, at his lowest point, denies the Lord three times. 
I don't know you. I don't know him. I'm not, a, I'm not one of them. I don't know what you're talking about. To after the resurrection, where Jesus has a fire going, he brings Peter up on that shore, not once, not twice, but three times, once for every one of the denials, Jesus gives Peter an opportunity to express his love back to Jesus. I think that's called grace. The truth is that God knows all things. And here's the point. Write this down. God loves you and cares for you no matter where you are, where you're going, no matter how many times you've cursed and denied him, he still loves you. It doesn't matter how far, listen, it doesn't matter how far you've fallen, it doesn't matter how steep into sin you go, it doesn't matter how long you keep your back towards God, God will continue to pursue you, he will continue to love you, he will continue to desire you. The Bible says that all of the days of our lives were numbered before one of them came to be. God had already written down your life. He knew every day of your life, both your good times and your bad times. That means that doesn't mean your good days where you're happy and your bad days where you're sad. It means the good days when you're following the Lord and your bad days when you're not following the Lord. And yet he still sent Jesus to die on that cross because he loves you so much. That's called grace. That's what I see in this story. That God is never, ever, 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 ever going to give up on you. He didn't give up on Peter. He's not giving up on you. Number two, write this down. The Lord still wants to use Peter. I see that in in John chapter 21. Because we believe that when someone messes up, when somebody sins, when somebody falls... We act like, well, God can never use that person again. It was Peter that the Lord said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Here's a long story made short, but God chose Peter to be one of the 12. God chose Peter to be one of the apostles. God chose Peter to be one of the main pillars to help establish the church in the world. Catholics have built a church in Rome named St. Peter's Basilica. And yet in our text, in the earlier sessions, Peter, he falls, he sins, he denies the Lord, he messes up. It appears as though he's blown his chance to be one of the leaders of the church. It appears that he's ruined his opportunity when, when, when the Lord gave him the keys to the kingdom. But God, in John chapter 21, after the resurrection, is saying to Peter, Peter, feed my lambs. Peter, take care of my sheep. Peter, feed my lambs. What he's telling Peter, write this down. He's telling Peter, Peter, it's time for you to get back in the game. It's time for you to get back in the game. He's saying, Peter, I'm not holding your past against you. Stop sitting around and feeling sorry for yourself. I'm still counting on you, Peter, to fish for men. And as you go down the rest of John chapter 21, you'll see verse 19, verse 22. He keeps saying these words, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. He's taking Peter back to that text back in Matthew chapter 4 when he was a fisherman. And he said, Peter, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He's saying to Peter, Peter, stop worrying about everybody else. And get back to just following me and be a fisher of men. 
I tell you, God has so convicted me during this season of COVID-19 and this period of unrest and rioting, this season of choosing a president, looking at a country that is morally bankrupt. I can just hear God saying, Dudley, you've got to get back. Stop worrying about all that and just get back to following Jesus. Get back to soul winning. Get back to reaching lost people. Get back to trusting in Jesus. Get back to telling the good news, building the church of Jesus Christ, and letting everyone know that Jesus died for the sins of the world. Don't let your past keep you from fulfilling God's destiny for your life right now. And number three as we close, and this is the most important part. I said all of that to say this. He reminds Peter that following Jesus is costly. We here in 2020, we want everything for free. Politicians will lie all day long to you about free stuff. Going to give you free health care, free education, free stimulus checks. Some of you got free stimulus checks. That's not free. Where did all that come from? Listen to me. The government has zero money. What they do is they work us half to death. They take our money, collect it, and then they say, we're going to give... Uh, free this. It's not free. Someone paid for it. And they give a lot. We're going to give a billion dollars to them. We're going to give a billion dollars. Let's give a trillion. Let's give two trillion. It's not even their money to give. Nothing is free. And that mentality has seeped into the church. We carry that into Christianity. We think everything's free. Heaven is free. Heaven is free. It's not free. Just raise your hand, and it's all yours. Grace, mercy, heaven, sure. I challenge anyone in here, and there's some people here who really know the Bible. I challenge anyone to find me a passage in the New Testament where Jesus looked at someone and said, just raise your hand, and I'll give it all to you free. It's not in there. You want to quote somebody? Quote Jesus who said these words in Luke chapter 9, Jesus said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for me will what? Save it. The point is that the New Testament, not the modern church, but the New Testament church, Jesus called the true believer to give up everything to follow him including your life if need be. I want you to write this down. I don't know if, you, if I missed this, but it says it's, it's not that it's a gift from God to you. It's a costly gift from God to you. When you take communion, that is the most expensive meal you have ever eaten in your life because it cost Jesus his life. Jesus tells Peter three things. Peter, I'm going to give you my grace. Secondly, Peter, I want you to know I'm still going to use you to establish the New Testament church. Still going to work through you in a mighty, mighty way. But then he said, Peter, it's going to cost you. I tell you the truth. Peter, when you were younger... You got to dress yourself, wear whatever you want to wear, and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. 
And Jesus, verse 19, in case you're wondering what in the world are you talking about, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Josephus, the Jewish historian, tells us that those words, to stretch out your hands, is referring to when people were crucified, where you would stretch out your hands and they would attach your hands to the cross beam. And you'd have to, they would lead you out on that cross beam where they would crucify you along the side of the road with nails through your hands and your feet, just like they did to Jesus. And what the Lord Jesus is telling Peter, Peter, I'm going to give you a second chance. I'm going to use you again. But Peter, you need to know that at the end of your life, you're going to also, Peter, Peter, do you remember when you said, way back at the upper room where you said, Lord, I'm willing to, I, I'm ready to die for you. You remember when you said that? Yeah, I said that. Remember how you forsook me three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter, I'm going to give you a second chance. But remember when you said you're willing to die for me? You're going to have to make that decision again because it's happening to you because the time will come when you used to dress yourself, go where you want it, but there's going to come a time they're going to stretch out your hands and they're going to lead you to a place you don't, do not want to go And we believe that Peter was crucified upside down. But he was willing to do it. I know this sounds strange. But I think most of us who walked in here today, we're living in that day and age where we're having to make decisions. Are we willing to sacrifice everything on behalf of Jesus Christ? I think by the very fact you came to church today when we're not supposed to be in church today, and the government said, you're not supposed to go. We came anyway. I'm just saying we're living in that day. We are living in that day. Oh, it's never too late to give your life to the Lord. Let me pray for you and we'll get out of here. God, thank you for today. Thank you for church. Thank you for the story of Peter. I think we need, again, as we read through the Bible, we draw these principles of a man who blew it and and did it right to Jesus' face. He broke commitment and vow and promise after promise. And yet Jesus never gave up on him. Started that fire, fed him breakfast, gave him an opportunity to just go back and relive the denials with three promises that he loved Jesus. And then Jesus let him know, I'm still going to use you. I'm getting ready to leave. I'm going to hand the keys of the kingdom over to you, Peter. I'm getting out of here. I'm going back to heaven. But You and the rest of these disciples, I want you to change the world. But let me tell you, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you something. And I know that God looks down not based upon merit. He sent Jesus to die on that cross so that we could have everlasting life. But all that cost God, his one and only son. And I pray that as we look at what he did for us, that we will be willing to lay down our life, pick up our cross every single day, deny ourselves, and simply follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. amen. God bless you and thank you for coming. We'll see you. If you were blessed by Pastor Dudley's message and would like to pray with someone, our phone lines are available now and ready for your call. Our number is easy to remember. Call us right now at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. 
Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer needs you may have at this time. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. We have a special gift for everyone listening today to help with your daily Bible reading. It's our Anchored Journal, a complete 365-day Bible reading guide and journal that will help you stay connected to God's Word throughout the coming year. It works with any version of the Bible you are currently reading. The Anchor Journal comes in a choice of colors and can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as simple as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. You won't want to miss out on this limited time offer, so be sure to call right now. Our number again is 888-818-4777. The Anchor Journal can also be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Get yourself anchored to God's Word with your personal anchor journal today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at the same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.